Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to the first ever episode of Talking Blues. This is an American Chelsea FC podcast. We'll discuss Chelsea news along with game previews and recaps. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Peter and Josh. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited for the first ever episode of Talking Blues here. Uh, I'm sure Peter is as well. And um, I think we're ready to get started. Obviously, we had some signings uh, this offseason. I think we're all ready. And we, we have a few signings to talk about, right, Alex? Yeah, we got quite a few signings. Um just exciting window for Chelsea so far. And first, we'll go in chronological order backwards, if that makes any sense. And we'll start with the signing of Thiago Silva, um, a free transfer uh, off of PSG. So obviously getting up there in age, not the same player he used to be, but still has a couple years left in him of quality football, don't you think, Peter? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you could see that in the Champions League final when he went up against Bayern. I'd say he was probably one of PSG's best players in that game. He was very consistently in shutting down uh, some of their attacking opportunities. So I think if he can do that against Bayern, who literally obliterated us, I think, and other teams throughout the Champions League, and he can, can play well in that game and show what he, how much, how good he can still play at, a top level, I think he'll be fine for the Prem, and I think he'll be a really solid center back with veteran experience to go to our back line. And really what I think is important is we really need a leader um, on that defensive line there. Obviously, we have Kurt Zuma, we have Christensen, we have Rudiger, but I don't think any of them really bring enough leadership qualities um, to the team. And I think even though Thiago Silva maybe doesn't have the best English, I think he still – he has the aura of leadership kind of just surrounding him. And I think we saw him in the Champions League final, probably their best defender um, for PSG in that game. I think he has at least one to two more good years, and that's what we really need. Um, obviously, Chelsea really trying to win now, I guess. Obviously, we have pieces for the future as well. I'm really, I, I was really happy with this signing. I think it was actually one of my favorites of this offseason so far. Yeah, and I want to go into our next signing that we made of Ben Chilwell just because I want to ask you guys, do you see um, Asby kind of moving into the center back role to play with Thiago Silva and then you have Reese James starting at right back and then Chilwell starting at left back? I, I could see it, but I think 
overall, I think Aspie will still play at right back over East James, and they'll kind of rotate out similar to like kind of what they did last year in certain games. But I could definitely see, I could definitely see, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did shift over to center back, because then we'd have we'd have two uh, pretty pacey and uh, high like high defensive, high attacking work rates on on the wing backs, and then. Um, you know, and then we have two solid, solid center backs. Yeah, um, obviously, he is definitely one of the favorites to play along Tiago Silva, obviously, if we don't sign another center back, which we'll talk about later. But I think we could also see Kurt Zuma there. I think out of the current natural center backs that we have at the club, I think he is the favorite as of right now. Had a pretty good performance last season, I thought. Um, I'm I'm not sure about Aspilicueta. I Yes, he played center back when we played three at the back with Conte a few years ago. Yes, he's played center back here and there, but I'm not sure if he's the best option at center back. I think he will be starting the season out at right back with Reese James still developing, and I think Zuma currently will be the partner for Thiago Silva. So you're thinking that uh, if anyone's uh, at the center back position with Silva, it's Zuma instead of Rudiger? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I I don't think Rudiger has much of a future left at this club. Um mm-hmm. I I I didn't really like too much of what we saw from him last season. I don't think any of us did, but I uh, I I think Zuma is the front runner for me. Peter, do you have yeah. any thoughts on that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, just pretty much the, the, just I agree that if if Frank doesn't think that Aspie can move over into a center back role and play at his best, I'd say Zuma out of everyone. It'd probably be Zuma who would fit in there. Well, another center back signing that we have made is Malang Sar, um, a free agent from Nice. Um, definitely a younger player, more of a de- de- developmental project there. Um, only 21 years old, I believe. Really strong um, passer I saw that in his highlights I was watching some film earlier on him really looking good little bit of issues kind of reading plays and stuff like that probably not a day one starter or even staying at the club looks like he might be loaned out to the Bundesliga or somewhere like that Um, I think he's got a lot of potential really the good thing for him is that he can play out of the back and that's something we desperately need Um, obviously last season we really struggled with that so I can see him making, if he's not loaned out, uh, making some sort of impact for Chelsea this season. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I see him definitely getting loaned out, especially to the Bundesliga, is where I'm thinking for him right now. But the cool thing is that he's only 21 years old, and he's already made over 100 uh, appearances for the clubs he's played for. Um, and obviously he was on the France national under 21 football team. So he's he's played in big games, and he's made appearances – where he's a young player, and even though he might not be playing for Chelsea this year, I could definitely see him, definitely, definitely see him uh, having a future role in the club. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of, it's like he, he's going to go out on loan this year, and then he'll come back in next year. If Then it depends if we re-sign Thiago Silva for another year, but if he's still there, we can, we'd see him fight for a spot among our other center backs. And but if Thiago Silva leaves and he impresses on loan wherever he's gonna go, 
and he impresses on loan. It's just kind of Diego Silva's kind of like a transition center back, if you know what I mean. Like he he'd fill in that so with a strong center back for a year, and then we see Sar Tamori or someone who's probably going to go out on loan. See them come back in, see how impressive they've been, and then have them also vie for a spot at the other center back. Yeah, and I, I just want to say that I definitely like the signing of Thiago Silva. I think he's the perfect thing that we need right now, that veteran presence on the team to maybe help someone like Sar and Tamori. Um, I don't know about Tamori going on loan. I think he kind of showed us what he could do, even though he didn't play in that many games uh, this season. But um, I don't know. I, I'd rather see Sar go on loan than Tamori going on loan, even though I believe Tamori um, is, is a bit younger, correct? I believe they're the same age, but I've seen so far that the rumors are that they're both going out on loan, both possibly to the Bundesliga. So we're going to have to see about that. Um, Tomori also to Liga. Um, I believe, I forget what team they were talking about. Tomori's actually, Tomor- sorry, Alex, Tomori's actually 22. So, yeah, sorry. a little bit older. Yeah. My fault. My fault. Yeah, so I think those two guys are developmental prospects, definitely. Hopefully in the next couple years, we can definitely see them break into the starting 11 and hopefully, you know, do well for us in the future. But our record-breaking transfer, Kai Havertz, still has not officially put pen to paper and signed with Chelsea. What do we think of the situation? Is he going to sign? I think he is. But when is it going to happen? What are your thoughts on it? Well, if, if I can just start... Literally everything has been completed, basically. He's done, he's he's signed an agreement. The clubs have agreed. I'm pretty sure it's going to be like 80 million and then 10 million the next year and then like 10 million in uh, bonuses that it, they can get. And everything's basically been agreed upon. I think it's now just, it's just up to when we are going to announce it. Yeah, and I mean, yesterday it came out that uh, Leve- Leverkusen's uh, coach said he no longer lo- no longer expects uh, Havertz to train with the with the club. So I-, I can't imagine him being with them much longer. And he obviously also skipped the uh, performance test on Sunday. So I-, I don't know. I think it's a matter of time. Um, obviously, we saw the same thing with Chilwell and Thiago Silva that it came out, but they haven't signed. But the difference is, you know, we've been in this discussion uh, with, with Kai Havertz for, what, since May now? Three, three months? Yeah. And, you know, it still hasn't ended. Like, we still haven't seen him hold up the shirt, has, had his first uh, press conference. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I can't see him signing any later than the next, what, two weeks? I mean, I hope it's not that long but I don't know. I think he's signing this week. I'm optimistic. I think Leverkusen are uh, tying up their deal for Sheik, I believe, is who they're replacing Havertz with, and they want him to be signed before they let Havertz go, obviously for negotiation purposes. Um, So I think Havertz, that deal is almost complete. I heard from Fabrizio Romano. Um, I believe that he will sign in the next few days. I'm hoping this week. Um, I think hopefully we're recording this on Tuesday, probably we'll be out on Tuesday. I think he should be signed probably by the end of the week, I'm hoping, but I'm also an optimistic Chelsea fan. We'll have to see, but I think his deal is done and dusted. We've heard that from many people. It's just a matter of time. 
Yeah, and can we just talk about, I know this isn't on the list, but um, just being able to get both of these German soccer players in Timo Werner and uh, Kai Havertz, both on the same club. Obviously, they played together on the German national team, I believe. So um, we're yep. able to get them and they have that relationship together where they'll be able to kind of, you know, bond together, hopefully on the pitch. Yeah, and I'm just really hopeful that, you know, all these pieces that we're bringing in work together and we'll have to see uh, in game one against Brighton, um, I believe exactly two weeks from now. So that's pretty exciting. Um, so let's get into some transfer rumors now. Obviously nothing confirmed here, just all speculation, but we like some speculation on this podcast. So first, N'Golo Conte to Inter Milan. Antonio Conte, obviously the former manager of Chelsea, obviously played with N'Golo or managed N'Golo Conte, is interested in an 80 million euro swoop for the Frenchman. Peter, what do you think? No, I risked my case. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, uh, no way. If Frank makes that deal, um, that would make me get very upset, even with all the transfers that we made. And um, yeah, I, I really don't want to see Conte leave until, you know, either he's completely digressing, which he isn't. I mean, I feel like he's still playing at his top level game, unless I'm wrong. Alex, what do you think? Obviously, he had an injury for most of last season, wasn't playing up to his usual standards. But as we got towards the end of the season, he was getting healthier. You know, I think he's, I think next season will be a good season for him. Obviously struggling from injury after that Europa League final last season or two seasons ago now that we're talking about this, but I think he's still a top quality player, still our best player at the club. I I don't see why we'd sell him for anything, to be honest, unless a crazy offer came in. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to happen. If Frank Lampard lets him go, I'd be quite disappointed. Obviously, I trust him to make the right decision. But if we do see someone like N'Golo Conte leaving, then I could see someone else coming in to replace him. And that's kind of who our next person is that we're going to talk about. Declan Rice, who is kind of a number six role, can play defensive midfield, can play center back, very versatile. Could he be a replacement for N'Golo Conte? But West Ham are actually asking for a very similar price that Inter Milan want Conte for, which seems a little bit crazy. Obviously, Declan Rice much younger than N'Golo Conte. But what do you think about uh, Declan Rice either replacing N'Golo Conte or coming in as that second center back along with Thiago Silva? Well, I just want to start out with saying, um, if anyone on the midfield for Chelsea that you would want to, or you would want out, um, because of the addition of Havertz, would you know? Is there anyone in mind that you would think of? Because for me, before we get into Rice, sorry, Alex, I would just like to say, um, if we're able to sell Jorginho, I would have no problem with that. Um, so I, I, I don't know, Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I agree, Josh. I'd much rather he's he's just inconsistent. He's just not good sometimes. Sometimes he can have. Uh, a great game and then sometimes he just looks like lost and confused and doesn't has no idea what to do and doesn't drop back and gets outpaced by referees it's <laughs> it's just inconsistencies I mean I get Conte is kind of he I, I I don't know if I want as far as to say injury prone he has had a lot of injuries but even then, when he comes back, it's not like he's suddenly out of the loop and he's, he's like Jorginho sometimes where he's just lost. He comes in and then he plays really well. But so, yeah, I think if we were going to sell someone, definitely I would much rather have it be Jorginho than Conte. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. Obviously, Jorginho, he's had some good games, definitely, but he's also had some bad games, as Peter has said. Doesn't really seem to fit in Frank Lampard's plans as of right now. We've seen uh, rumors of him going to Juventus. Um, I, I don't I don't really see him as part of the future plans. If we can get some decent money for him, 40, 50 million, I think that would be good. Not sure if we can get 50, but maybe 40. Um, I think in general, he's definitely the one to sell, in my opinion. Obviously, we're bringing in all these people. We need to raise some funds. So I think he's definitely one who's um, out on the market for Chelsea. Yeah, and I think if we bring in Declan Rice, um, that'll just completely strengthen the midfield. And, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys think uh, with, with uh, Ziyech, but he can play midfield. We have N'Golo Conte. We have Billy Gilmore. Obviously, he got injured. Mason Mount and both of those players coming from the Chelsea Academy. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who was injured, and he's coming back. Mateo Kovacic and Ross Barkley. Um, obviously, Kovacic was um, – didn't he get some type of award? Wasn't he the the – Player of the season, I believe. For Thank Chelsea. you for Chelsea. So, I mean, I don't know. If we want to sell Jorginho, I really have no problem with that. And I just think our midfield is just completely stacked. Even without Rice, I think our midfield is pretty stacked. Yeah. Um, one player you mentioned there who also might be on the transfer market, I think Ross Barkley could be making an exit this transfer window. Didn't get a lot of playing time. There's been rumors about other clubs interested in him. Could we get maybe $30 million for Ross Barkley? Had a you know very good preseason last season. Not sure you know average season this season coming off the bench most of the time. I think he is kind of the odd man out when we're looking at all these signings, especially considering all these players, Ziyech, Havertz, all playing his position pretty much. Um, I think he is definitely one that we should keep an eye on to be leaving Chelsea this summer. I just the only problem with that is I'm not sure anyone's gonna want him because. He's not really a type of guy that a lot of clubs would want. He's kind of just a guy that I guess could start, but you probably could have better players. And then he he occasionally has a good assist or a good goal, but for the rest, he's just kind of he's just there. He's not doing anything extra or doing anything less. He's just kind of like there, going through the motions. Um, I just want to ask a question for both of you. How confident are you or how much trust do you have in the academy players of Billy Gilmore and uh, Mason Mount? I'd say Mount, after an entire season, I'd say I'm pretty confident. I'd say like an 8, 9 out of 10 because he's played really well and he's still really young. So he's just going to get better with more experience in the prem. And then Billy Gilmore surprised me. I, I When I first saw him, and I don't like follow the Chelsea Academy, so when I first saw him on the team sheet, I was like, who is this guy? But then he came out and had an amazing game, and I was like, "Oh, okay." But I think I think I'm the him just because he's played less games, and obviously now coming, coming injury, uh, will he be able to get back to the, his form? So I'd say I'd have to go a bit like lower to him, maybe like a six or seven, but still really high. I think he's a really really good player and prospect. It's just a question of how he's going to bounce back. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, Mason Mount, obviously one of our top performers there. Billy Gilmore also. Obviously got injured. I'm not sure, you know, what his role is going to be. Again, kind of playing that position that's kind of stacked for Chelsea at the moment. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, you know, how the role of these academy players that really broke through last season, obviously with the transfer ban not bring, being able to bring anyone else in, I think um, they might have a slightly smaller role. 
could we see someone like Mason Mount going out on loan? That's something I've been oh, thinking no. about because if we're looking at the team, right, we're looking Werner off top, Werner up top, sorry. Um, we got Pulisic on the left. We got Havertz in the middle um, and we got Ziyech on the right. So, and then we have Kovacic and Conte in, you know, defensive midfielder role kind of. And then we have the back four, obviously. Where does Mason Mount fit into that? And I'm not sure, you know, obviously those front four, they're not going to be replaced by Mason Mount, I don't think. So what, what's his role this season? Is he just a bench player coming off the bench and making an impact? But I feel like after last season's performance, he kind of deserves a little bit more than that. Listen, if Chelsea wants to put him on loan, I have no problem with that. But yeah, I definitely do see him uh, either in a starting role if players are tired or Frank wants to go with just like a different lineup for a game. Um, and then also, as we know, we can play that winger position. So he's multi-talented, um, whether he wants to play, if, whether Frank wants to have him being uh, midfield or on the wing, um, that's his decision. But I believe that, yeah, he's a perfect player to kind of have off the bench um, if we wanted to do that. Obviously, we're going to be playing multiple competitions, obviously in the Champions League, FA Cup, uh, you know, all these competitions, the Premier League, obviously. So we're going to need depth. We're going to need, you know, Kai Havertz isn't going to be able to play every single game. So we need depth. And, you know, Mason Mount is definitely a good piece to have, but obviously still young. We want him to develop is really his best, you know, being able to develop off the bench, getting 20 minutes a game. Is that really going to be the best for him? Probably not. So maybe we see him going out on loan um, might be a good idea. Maybe. Is- the thing is, though, I just don't see him on the bench every game. Uh, I mean, like you were saying, I, I think he could definitely have a starting role on the team um, in like maybe one out of every three games, two out of every not two, probably one out of every three games. I can see him starting, uh, whether it's in the midfield or on the wing. But is that really enough, though, for, you know, mm. someone like that? I feel like really what would be best for him is to go to a smaller Premier League side where we know he's going to start every single game, keep him in the Premier League so he's used to, you know, playing, you know, in the Premier League with that uh, tempo that we have in the Premier League. I've said Premier League like five times now. But I think that would be the best solution. Obviously, I want him to stay at Chelsea. I'm not sure if they could fit him in somehow. I don't know, maybe play like four attacking midfielders. I don't know what they're going to do. But just, I don't know, unless they're planning on starting him over, Someone like Pulisic, I don't know. Would they be rotating him, maybe putting him on the left? But then you have kind of no real natural winger there. So that that's all interesting um, when you're looking at Mason Mount there. I mean, I don't I really I really don't want him to go out on loan because I mean, in this Premier League season, the schedule for this year, everything is there's so many games and it, they come at you so quick. It's like so compact. So you're not gonna be able to play the same team a few weeks in a row you're gonna to have to switch it up and put different players in because of fatigue or or maybe a little bit like with frank you he like towards the end of last season you could see how he kind of likes to switch formations up and switch put different players in every but then if mouse out on loan and we want to say we want to put him on the wing because he fits better in his plans that he, he against a certain team but if he's out on loan, we're gonna have to. We don't really have anyone there. We put we can put Odoi there, but what if Havertz isn't playing well and we want Mount to come in for a few games and see how he plays? We can put him there. But if he's out on loan, what are we get? What are we gonna play? We're gonna play Loftus Cheek, and I think even if he's playing 
only a third of the games, let's say, maybe even less, he'll still get more value from from playing with Chelsea and coming off the bench for the rest of the games than going out on loan to another team, especially because even if he's not playing that, every single day he's still practicing with a team and playing with the players you'd play with if he was playing. That's a lot of plays. But you get what I'm trying to say. Like, he still have he says he's still getting more experience. And also, if he stays at Chelsea, and even if he doesn't play every game, he's going to get Champions League football, which is better than, let's say, if he gets loaned out to someone towards the bottom of the table. Let's say someone coming up from the championship, like Leeds or something. Yeah. He's not going to get the Champions League football. And he, presumably, I wouldn't say, I don't know, but they're not going to get it as far in the other competitions. So he's not even going to get it as far in those and play in those big games, which give great experience like we did last year with like the FA Cup Finals. So, I mean, overall, staying at Chelsea, he'll develop more, even if he doesn't play any games. Yeah, Peter, I definitely agree with you there. Um, moving on to the goalkeeping situation, our favorite thing to talk about. Um, obviously, Kepa, we all know it's been happening with him. But there's been multiple rumors about different goalkeepers that can come in to either support him um, and kind of compete with him or replace him altogether. Um, we're talking about Edward Mendy, who Chelsea reportedly put in an 18 million pound bid in for, or uh, Donnarumma, who Chelsea have also been linked with. So I'll start with Josh. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, listen, I mean, <laughs> Kepa, he, he had his ups and downs. Um, he's had some great saves in the past, but he hasn't had great games at all. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, I could definitely see someone coming in to, to replace him or maybe a younger player to come kind of sit in the backup role and then, you know, come in gradually. Maybe we sell Kepa after like a year or something because, you know, I, I don't see Ka- uh, Ka- Willie Caballero staying on the team for much longer. Um, so I, I don't know, but I, I do think that it would be nice to kind of bring in a younger player to make some competition for Kepa on that starting role. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we have to give Kepa another chance. Obviously, the money we spent on him, it just – we can't lose, like, $40 million on him by selling him right now. I'm not even sure who would want him right now. Obviously, I think we need someone to come in. I think Mendy is perfect for that, um, coming in and really challenging Kepa, and I think hopefully that will get his confidence back. Um, I think we need to stick with Kepa for at least one more season. Hopefully, with an improved defense, which we've seen with the signings of Thiago Silva and Ben Chilwell, hopefully he will not be, you know, made to in such kind of precarious situations where, you know, he has to make a big play and really can't do it. So hopefully, uh, I, 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 I'm not happy that we have to stick with Kepa, but I think in general, it's the right thing to do. Um, when you spend so much money on him. And I, I really think that we're going to stick with him. Even, I mean, I really like Donnarumma, but I don't think we can get him for any less than like 60, 70 mil. I, I don't think with the money we're spending right now, I think Mendy sounds like a great option. Someone who can come in. He's going to be better than Willie Caballero. Um, you know, who could actually play as our number one goalkeeper if he's called upon. Not, you know, kind of like an emergency savior like <laughs> Caballero was last season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I just I, – I don't know about Kepa. I don't really know 
what we can see from him uh, this coming year. Obviously, he's the highest paid goalkeeper. So um, with the, the amount of money he's getting and especially, you know, the amount of money um, that it's that it's kind of uh, making us. Um, I don't know how to say it. Like we're not able to uh, bring in any other goalkeepers to replace him or kind of learn under him or kind of come into the role. Um, it's uh, it's upsetting. So, and as long as as long as he uh, doesn't improve, which is what we saw this past season, um, it's not a good. It, it keeps on getting worse and worse for Chelsea. The signing keeps on looking worse and worse. Well, let's move to some good news, why don't we? Let's talk about the Brighton friendly, where we saw the connection between Hakim Ziyech and Timo Werner. Very exciting. That pass from Ziyech was amazing to Werner, uh, well, to Hudson Adoy, who kind of messed up the header and fell right into Werner's lap, and he finished it in the bottom corner. Obviously, we tied that game due to a late penalty. Friendly looked good from him, looked good from Reese James. Overall, I think it was a solid performance from Chelsea. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, really excited about what we're seeing there. We didn't get to see Thiago Silva or uh, Ben Chilwell in that game, but you know, in general, I thought it was, it was a good uh, thing to see that connection between Ziyech and Werner already. Yeah, I don't know if if uh, Lampard was trying to like you know switch it up a little bit, but going with the four two three one, I don't know if that's kind of like a preseason type of thing because we were in a friendly, and he's just trying all different formations just to see how it looks. Um, but I thought that that was like the most, the biggest takeaway I kind of had um, from that game. Besides, obviously, the great goal, um, it was it was the um, the formation that Chelsea ran. I do see Chelsea running that formation. Obviously, with our new additions, um, I do see the four two three one as the um, formation that we will be running this season. So I wasn't completely shocked by that, but it was interesting that he went to it right away in preseason. For me, switching this up a bit, the biggest takeaway for me is how bad our defense still is. We play, I'd say we played solid in the first half, but it's in the second half, terrible. It was terrible. We, we were just so inconsistent and sloppy and just giving away penalties. Like, we just – that's not just, – we just can't have that. Because if that's against Brighton and we're playing like that – if we have to play against someone that's much better that's towards the top of the table and we play like that, it's just, I'm glad it's a preseason game is what I'll say. Yeah, definitely. Obviously kind of a weird fixture because we're starting in the start of the Premier League season against Brighton away at Brighton. Um, So I guess we'll see a little uh, rematch there and hopefully the results slightly better. Um, Obviously much better, but I'm, Excited for what we're seeing. Um, just excited for, you know, the first game. And I'm really excited to see all these pieces come together. Yeah, I think I am too. Um, and I, and I, I'm ready for the uh, Premier League season to begin again. Obviously, it's a little different because of COVID. Um, but I think one positive that we did see is, um, you know, not that what we're able to do right now in the U.S., but uh, the Brighton game did have fans. Uh, and I would hope that Premier League is able to start with fans, whether they're spaced out or whether they're not spaced out. I think it's kind of cool that it shows that, um, you know, we're, we're moving on and looking into uh, a brighter future. Yeah, I agree. It was great to see. It was great to see. It was great to see the positives. The positives were very positive. The ne- negatives were very negative. But I think if we can keep away from the negatives and maintain on the positives, the future is bright. And I'm excited for this season. 
So this has been the first episode of Talking Blues. Um, We're very excited to do more of this. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. Um, Stay tuned and we'll be releasing episodes every Tuesday um, until, you know, the season begins and then we'll have a new schedule coming out. So thank you for listening to the first episode of Talking Blues and we will see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.